Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will begin a new series of messages which centers around the theme of giving thanks to God in response to his great love for us. This first message will be titled, Simply Give Thanks. The text for this message can be found in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17. So if you have your Bibles, please turn them to Colossians 3 right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. Colossians chapter 3, family, we are in a new series called Give Thanks. And this is something we actually started on last year. Last year, around the same time, we started a series and it was called Give Thanks. And we looked at it from the perspective of God's love and what is our response to his love. And there's two things that I know that God specifically wants us to, to live out. Two things that I know he wants us to, uh, the behavior and manner in which we should conduct ourselves. One that's being very grateful. We should have hearts of gratitude. And then we should also be people of generosity. And so this, this angle that we're going to look at this year is, is how we as disciples of Jesus Christ can be more grateful to God for all that he done, the, all that he has done, excuse me, all that he has done for us. But most importantly, who he is to us and for us. So how do we operate more with grateful hearts? How do we be more thankful and operating him, uh, operating towards him with thanksgiving? And then secondly, how do we be generous like he was generous to us? The Bible says he became poor so that through his poverty, we may become rich. We might become rich in him. And so how do we become more generous servants of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth? So we're going to look at this. We're going to look at gratitude and generosity and the life of a believer. And we're going to start today in Colossians chapter 3. So hopefully if you're one of the cool kids and you got your e-Bibles, hopefully you have already clicked and scrolled to Colossians chapter 3. But if you're old school like me and you got your e-Bible, your tree Bibles, I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And I want to, first of all, I want to give you our cornerstone verse. A cornerstone verse is like that uh, foundational corner uh, stone of this, this spiritual house that we're building in this moment. What we're going to uh, build this uh, found, build this beautiful house of discipleship on on today. And now uh, cornerstone verse is this. It's our main idea. It's our big thought. It's our, it's our main takeaway for today. And um, excuse me, I'm all messed up. I said the cornerstone verse before the cornerstone thought, but the cornerstone thought is tied into the cornerstone verse. So let me rewind. Let me get us back on track. So here we are, Rebuild Family. Our cornerstone verse for this series is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It reads, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all things because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let me read that again. Again, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, what is the main idea of the cornerstone thought for us today? As we look at this series and specifically for our time today, what's our cornerstone thought? What's our big idea? What's our, what's our main thought for today? And it's this. Thanksgiving is not just a spiritual discipline of the believer. It is also the will of God for the believer. Your cornerstone thought for today is this. The, the Thanksgiving is not just a spiritual discipline of the believer. It's also the will of God for the believer. Let me say that one last time. I said it once for the Father, once for the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, once for Jesus the Son, and lastly for the Holy Spirit is this. Thanksgiving is not just a spiritual discipline 
of the believer, it is also the will of God for the believer. Dr. Evans, uh, who, I, who I tell y'all plenty of times, I am his distant disciple. Dr. Evans says it this way. Uh, as you think about Thanksgiving, as you think about hearts of gratitude, he says, God says to give thanks in everything. That doesn't mean you need to give thanks for everything. Listen, let me say that again. He says, God says to give thanks in everything. That does not mean you need to give thanks for everything. You don't need to give thanks for that bad day or for that bad relationship or being passed over at work or financial hardships. Whatever it is, you are not to give thanks for the difficulties, but rather in the difficulties. That is a very important distinction and one I think we often miss. Giving thanks in everything shows a heart of faith that God is bigger than the difficulties and that he can use them if you approach him with the right heart and spirit for your good and for his glory. You know, there's, there is something very rich about that that we need to understand. The Lord tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, in all situations. And we know that we can give thanks for, um, we can give thanks in those situations and in all circumstances. Why? Because he is Emmanuel, God with us. He is a God who will never leave or forsake us. He is the one who's done everything necessary for our salvation. And because of that, he does everything necessary to sanctify us or set us apart and keep us on that righteous, narrow path that he causes us to walk alongside. Again, you heard me say this verse many times in Psalm 119. His word becomes a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In those circumstances, in those situations, God is a very present help in our time of trouble. And that's why we can give thanks in all circumstances and in all situations. There was a man. There was a man on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, that particular year, it fell on a Sunday. And he was a farmer. And this farmer decided to go to church on this Sunday. He was a CEO Christian. He only went to church Christmas and Easter only. And he thought that this was a time where he would fulfill his religious um, obligation by going to church twice a year. On Christmas and on Easter. And on that particular uh, day, a sermon was preached. The pastor preached from uh, Isaiah chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And he says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. The Lord is speaking through the prophet Isaiah and he says, listen, children, I have reared up. I have raised them up. I have brought them up. I have provided for them. I have cared for them, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner and the donkey knows its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. The pastor stated in this sermon, Isaiah is saying that the man, that man is dumber than animals. That animals are more grateful to their master than we are to ours. So after church, the farmer returned home and stood among his cows. One of them began to walk over towards him and kind of cuddle beside him and began to lick his hand. And it was a practical demonstration of the sermon he had just heard. And this farmer was a strong and proud man. But in this moment, the farmer began to weep as a little child as he thought about this moment with his cow. 
And as he thought about this moment with this cow, this is what began to wash over him. He began to remember what the pastor preached in that sermon. And then the farmer said this. He said, God did much for me, and yet I never thanked him. My cow is far more grateful than I am. What do I ever give her? What do I ever give to this cow other than grass and water? So could it be, family, that we too have become like this man? That we are ones who always want to receive gifts, provision, and protection and the like from God, but we never respond back to God with our gratitude. We're always receiving from the Lord his goodness, his faithfulness, his love, his mercy, his grace, and all of the beautiful attributes that come from our great and mighty God. But we never respond back to him with words of adoration, with words of, of, of thanksgiving, with words of gratitude, with words of appreciation for all that God has done for us. But most importantly, who he is and forever will be to us and for us. So for this season and in this season, family, I hope to lead us in our understanding of the reason why it's important for us to be thankful and what is the right response for us in doing so. Not just knowing that we're thankful, but we're also to respond while we're thankful. We say here at Rebuild, there's three missional value statements that we have here at Rebuild. One is to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. The second is to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. And lastly, the third response is to go and reproduce that good news in the life of somebody else. Colossians chapter three, verse one reads, since then you have been raised with Christ. Underline that, highlight that in your Bibles, highlight that in your, your e-Bibles, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, underline that, highlight that, on things above, not on earthly things. Verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, underline this, highlight this phrase, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Verse 6, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Please hear the word of the Lord this morning. Verse 7, you used to walk in these ways. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody can lift your hands and bless the Lord at this moment because the word of the Lord, you used to walk in these ways. In the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves. Underline that phrase. Highlight that phrase. Also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Verse 9. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed and the knowledge and the image of its creator. Verse 11 here, there is no Gentile or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian Scythian slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, Holy and dearly beloved, underline, highlight this phrase, clothe yourselves with compassion, 
kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Verse 14, excuse me. And over all these virtues, underline this phrase, highlight this phrase, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. All of those things that the Apostle Paul was communicating to the church at Colossae, to the disciples, to the believing community at Colossae. He said, listen, over all those virtues that I just stated to you, how do we bond these together? How do we bring this in? What is the sealant? He says this. Put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Underline that phrase. Highlight that phrase. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Verse 16, we're almost done. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Let the message of Christ, Christ dwell among you richly. Underline that phrase. Highlight that phrase. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the Psalms, through hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God, watch this, with gratitude in your hearts. Highlight that phrase. Underline that phrase. We do all of this with gratitude in our hearts. And lastly, verse 17, and whatever you do, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. And whatever you do, rebuild. Whatever you do, our faith community that's, that's joining with us this morning, our, our, our rebuild our, our family and friends this morning, whatever you do, whether it's in your words or whether it's in your deeds, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Today, I want to do my best to preach, teach, lead, guide, however you want to say it, from a simple subject title, simple sermon title entitled, Give Thanks. Give Thanks. It's not what we solely we should do, but it's also who we are. That's our cornerstone. Giving thanks is not just a spiritual discipline of the believer. It is also the will of God for the believer. So let me give you some quick context. We jumped into chapter three. We need to get a little bit of context of why we got here. Why was the apostle Paul writing this book to the believing community? Why did he write this letter? Why did he write this? And why is this book provided for us in God's holy scripture? Well, listen to this. The Apostle Paul, listen, is writing this letter to the believers at this city called Colossae because there was an aggressive form of false teaching that was taking place. All of a sudden, this false doctrine starts to come in and it comes in like waves. It literally, it literally is taking over like COVID seems to have been taking over for us over the last year. COVID has come in and has swept it, and that's how aggressive. When it comes in, it sets in, it's very aggressive. And in like manner, back in this particular time, the, the, at the believing community, this aggressive form of false teaching began to take place. From this, this false teaching was pretty much saying, uh, and we'll get into this, that they had to uh, uh, follow, the, follow the works of the flesh in order to be deemed as someone who was saved and set free. 
From this, he's calling them not only to reject this false teaching, but to not entertain it and the action steps associated with it. So they say, hey, pretty much what they were saying, it's works righteousness. You have to prove through your works that you have been saved, that you have been redeemed and set free. And the Apostle Paul is saying, no, 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 no. It is grace through faith that you have been saved. So the, the, this false doctrine that is coming and says, no, you got to be circumcised. In order to prove that you're, you're part of the believing community, in order to prove that you're part of the redeemed community, the saved community, you have to be circumcised. The second thing they were going to say is the food that one would eat, certain religious festivals that you had to attend. These things you had to be a part of. You had to be doing these things so that you would come off or you would communicate to man that you would save. All of these are works-based righteousness. All of these are works that you would have to do in order to be considered a believer. But the Apostle Paul would come along with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the truth of the Holy Script. And he would say this, the Apostle Paul would tell the church, and specifically he would also communicate to all churches, not just the church at Colossae, but we also saw this at the Ephesian church, that it is grace through faith that we are saved. It is through the finished work of Christ and not the works of man that he has provided us our redemption and the forgiveness of sin. It's, you could not save yourself, so Christ had to come, sent by God the Father, to save and redeem us and do that necessary, that needed work, that, that atoning sacrifice Jesus was for us. He said, uh-uh-uh, you couldn't do that. Christ has already done it. And all you have to do is believe and trust that he was the one who paid your sin debt. He was your propitiation. He was the atoning, the substitutionary atoning sacrifice for your sins. You don't need to be circumcised anymore. You don't have to take on these holy appearance and wear these homely garments. Christ has done everything necessary for your redemption, for your salvation. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God the Father sent his son into the world, that he died on the cross for us, that God the Father raised him up from the dead on our behalf. And if you believe that and confess it with your mouth, you are saved according to Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. Christ did everything needed for our salvation and for our reconciliation. And from that truth, we have hope. And we can rejoice and we walk boldly and proclaim that good news to others. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck preaches the second part of his message entitled, Give Thanks. 